Greatest American Hero. And it's you know, karaoke the, night. Yeah, it's karaoke night. Okay, that Backstage over in Culver City, man. Backstage, Culver yeah. City. Wait, so you said Greatest American Hero? Greatest American Hero. Believe you know, it or not, I'm walking on air. I yeah. never thought I could be so I was, I was doing pretty well, you know? Um, yeah. I get to the second verse, and I think, you know what? I'm going to do the, the Seinfeld, George Costanza version. The answering machine one. Yeah, and yeah. I was like... Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Oh Where goodness. could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm, I'm not, not home. home. And oh the crowd goodness. goes crazy. <laughs> I think it's the right audience for yeah. a, a George Costanza Amazing. thing. Well, hey, everybody. Yeah. This is episode 32 of your favorite show. Raisin Brent. Brent and I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And we got a lot of stuff we got to talk about this week. Sadly, none of it will likely be football related. Uh or most of it. What? <laughs> Why would we talk football after nothing oh, man, of you... merit happened this past weekend to either of our teams? Um, upsets galore. <laughs> upsets galore in the NFL. The playoffs are heating up. We had the we had a Heisman Trophy winner named. We sure did. Jameis oh. Winston, a.k.a., you know what his nickname is? No. Not guilty. That's his nickname. Wow. Well, I mean, well, I guess if you've never... Not charged. charged. That's what there I would call go. him. Not charged. Charges not filed. We call him the CNF. Yep. I'm just saying. Because he didn't do it. Clearly. Man, he's an interesting... <laughs> he's an interesting guy. I've never really uh, heard him interviewed, you know, up until uh, after he won the Heisman. Right. He is a country dude. You know what I mean? Oh, really? He's, he's kind of backwards. Old... No. Well, I mean, he seems like he's, he wore no shoes. He answers the questions all correctly. Has but a, some some but buckwheat in his mouth and a straw hat. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's he's got a big old you know southern Plays accent. Plays you know, which I don't know if I was expecting. He, I guess he goes to Florida State. That could there's possibilities. What's well, the, the Panhandle? Yeah, that's Tallahassee. Yeah, with the Florida, aka that's also known as Florida Tucky. I'm pretty sure somebody yeah. out there calls that area Florida Tucky. Interesting. Mm, but he's a southern guy. You know, I heard an interesting uh, theory about college football. Okay. Um, well, actually, somebody was talking about college football, and I came up with this theory myself, and it just may be totally crazy. Um, but somebody was saying it seems it's corrupt like, horribly. Okay, but somebody was saying it oh, seems there's a different like, theory. Okay. Somebody was saying it seems like there's uh, there's less steroids. They're kind of cracking down on the steroids and all that kind of stuff, you know, as they should. And yes, the guys, I hope so. Guys they're- seem like they're smaller in college football now. Okay. Their bodies are still growing, too. I mean, you have 18 and 17 and 19-year-olds right out of high school. Okay. So here's my question. Uh, is that the reason that all of a sudden everyone that wins the Heisman Trophy is a redshirt freshman? was before everyone else had years of taking you know, steroids and bulking up, and now the freshmen are a little more equal because they're not taking them as much. It would seem like that kind of makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I'd not actually heard that before. Uh, this it, it just goes into like how a... great our show prep is at Raisin Bread. <laughs> right. Well, uh, but... it, it show, goes into how great your show prep is. Uh... <laughs> hey, you knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> I'm glad I could be a part of that. Yeah. Well, and that should... massive coronary you just had on the yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, here's Sorry, the I deal. tried to hit the cough button. Uh, you know, All right, David Mr. Noel. Right. 
doesn't want to pay the money to get the cough button fixed. Why can't we get the Pat O'Brien Memorial right. cough button? Pat O'Brien? I mean, last week I was just hanging out with Shaquille O'Neal and Dwayne Wade. I'll tell you, I was hanging with Kobe Bryant, and we went through the drive-thru at Burger King, and Kobe said, I can't eat this, and he had a shake. And then I had an electronic cigarette. (laughs) Vapor. I love Pat O'Brien, but he's the biggest name dropper in the world. (laughs) He might just be the worst name dropper ever. But no, back to your original point. Love Pat O'Brien. Hanging out with Michael Jordan. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. (laughs) I told him, put your mustache like Hitler. No one will notice. And then I had an (laughs) e-cigarette. Vapor. Yeah. Maybe we should have him on the show sometime. Uh, 1-800-7-7-COST. We're not not doing it. Come on now. (laughs) If you don't live in L.A., you have no idea what Brent probably or I am talking about. Uh, we'll we'll break down the cars for kids, Victor Brick commercial, another episode because <laughs> it's horrific, so horrific it needs its own segment. Uh, um, are they doing? Are they, I didn't even really consider. Do you think there was a lot of steroids in college no, football? It was before? Just I'm, a, I'm sure there was some. It was one of those. Uh, late I've seen night bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, it was one of those latest late night conversations. It seems like guys keep getting faster, but they don't keep getting bigger necessarily. So. You know, maybe it's a sign of uh, less steroids being used, which is a good thing. I don't know. I honestly think, in in the case of the last two years, when we talk about Johnny Football and now Jameis, um, no files charged, uh, no charges filed, uh, Winston. I think it's a matter of just being very special talents. And also, in both years, there was no senior or junior who was a huge standout at their positions. Uh, Johnny Manziel was far and away the guy last year. He may have even had a better year statistically this year, but it doesn't matter because Jameis Winston went for what thirty eight hundred yards passing. Okay, or okay, then the just other... there's nobody, and nobody else was even within like twenty six hundred yards passing. The so... other the other theory could be you know uh, less scholarships, so more freshman play, so more chance of freshman getting. But you know what's interesting is like I don't, you remember when we were growing up, freshmen weren't even really considered for the high. Not even a little bit. No. Uh, it's true. And and then I remember little by little, like sometimes there'd be a freshman. Oh, this freshman, and he finished like fifth. He's so something. plucky. Yeah. And uh, then they come back the next year and probably win it. <laughs> yeah. And now you. Maybe, Even a sophomore. Maybe, it was hard for a sophomore to be considered for the, the Heisman Trophy right. 20 years ago. That's a great point. He hasn't earned the Heisman yet. Yeah. When he comes back next year, if he puts in a lot of hard work, he might be top three Heisman. Right. But now nobody cares anymore. I think that stigma's gone. Yeah. If I you're a really gone. good player, you're a good player. I think it's just a little more like uh, less of the old maybe it's maybe that's what it is. Just the old school way of thinking is kinda gone now and anyone could win it any year. And again, these are very special talented freshmen in a year where no sure, upperclassmen differentiated themselves from the pack. Well, let's be honest. If if Alabama goes undefeated, then A.J. McCarron probably wins the Heisman, right? No. And if Jameis Winston loses one game, he I, doesn't win the Heisman. I think, right? Well, yes, except for the fact the stats were so in Jameis Winston's favor pretty much across the board. And, yeah, he was on the undefeated team versus the defeated team. He didn't have that many more, you know, he didn't have that much better stats than Johnny Manziel, to be honest. And he also was doing it against a weak ACC. Yeah. And Johnny Manziel and also A.J. McCarron had to do it against a tougher SEC. Right. As much as I don't like the SEC, it's hard to argue that top to bottom, they are stacked with good teams. Mm-hmm. Not like any other conference out there. I mean, where you kind of hit the bottom and it shrivels up real hard. Right. You get the the Minnesotas and the Northwesterns of the world in the Big Ten, you know. Yeah. I don't think you should ever use the two phrases shrivels up and real hard in the same sentence because that doesn't make sense. All right, everybody. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. I'm going to end it right there because we're not going any further. In fact, I'll even play the segment Derailed Noise. And there it is. Okay, great. 
But we're going to talk. A l- I guess we have to talk about NFL, don't we? Oh, we have to, Ray. We we can probably talk a little bit about the probably NBA for about a half hour. Probably just the whole oh, show on the NFL goodness. and a certain kicker that I love and a certain team that just loves to give games away. And we'll be right back with all of that <sighs> after three seconds of Bob Dylan. Then you. And we're back with our 60s theme on the Raisin Brent Show. That's a great theme, Brent. I know. You know why I picked the 60s? Because it's a great decade of music. It is a great decade of music. And, and also, for no other reason. We love all things from the 60s. No, we don't. We love uh, music from the 60s. It's good music. We love uh, people in their 60s. Our parents are in their 60s. They're yeah. amazing. And we mostly love field goals in their 60s. Am I right, Ray? No. No, I can't say. Well, we'll I, talk. We'll talk more about that later. Maybe if we yeah. have time. If we have time, we'll talk about the okay. Lions Monday Night Football if we game. Have time. All right. Yeah. If we have time, we might not have time. I mean, we I'm, are we are a little pressed. That opening segment did run a little long. We have to talk about the recurring tsunami of 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 just drecitude in the fourth quarter, especially in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. That is, we're not talking about the Detroit Lions right now. No, no, no. Oh, we're talking about Mister. Tony Romo. Clutch. Clutchest fourth quarter quarterback in the NFL over the past three years, statistically. It's interesting. Yeah. More fourth quarter touchdown or scoring drive comebacks. Tony Romo is number one, clearly the clutchest quarterback when the game is on the line. Right? I believe he also has the most plays in the fourth quarter that allow his team to directly to lose. That's probably a weird QBR stat, though. I mean, yeah, well, they're both weird stats. But what do you QBR. think? What do you think about when you think of Tony Romo? Do you think of most clutch fourth quarter quarterback, <laughs> or do you think about oh, I'm going to fumble this uh, extra, I'm going to fumble this extra point snap, and then almost run it in for the win, and not, and then get caught the from win. behind at the two yard or, line, or uh, oh, yeah. don't throw that, oh, he threw it, interceptions. I mean, which one do you think of more? I mean, you I, have to. Here's the deal: when I think of Tony Romo in the fourth quarter. I think of a guy smiling through the pain wearing a baseball cap. That's yeah. what I think of when I think yeah. of Tony Romo in the I mean, fourth quarter. I mean, I feel because he's, he's he seems like a nice guy. He doesn't seem like a douche. He, um, yeah, I get a little bit of the D vibe. Well, from maybe, him. but not he's not. Lie. But he seems like a lot nicer than some of these guys. But he assuredly he's more nice than Philip Rivers. Right, Philip Rivers. Is 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 a D of a whole other breed. <laughs> I he puts don't know. his cowboy boots up on the table after beating the Broncos. Yeah, I don't know. Come I mean, on, I, I I I've I've actually seen some interviews with Phil Rivers lately. I think I've got a little more perspective on him. I think he's just like he loves to just to needle people, and I respect that. He is a bit of a troll. You know? Yeah, he is a little bit of a troll, and but- I kind of respect that. Let's face it, though, a lot of shows out there are ripping on Tony Romo, mm-hmm. and they're blaming him for all of Dallas's woes. And I, I, it's a little played at this point. Like, yes, he is bad. We know Tony Romo. He's not even bad. He, he'll put up numbers. He's not a winner. He's not a guy who will win you the game, despite the stats that would say otherwise. When you look at him, uh, just the, the eye test, he's not the guy that you're going to win a Super Bowl with any time ever. He's had now, what is it, seven or eight years quarterbacking mm-hmm. in this league right and he's still not even close to getting anywhere and he's right on, looking right now on paper like he's going to go eight and eight again and miss the playoffs right another year of mediocrity for a team that i don't even understand why people ever had high expectations with them every year anyway so it's clearly his fault they're not making the playoffs i would say no to that i would say definitely not i would say that that defense is so bad they've given up 
I believe the number was they've given up 45 or more points or 40 or more points this year five times. You're right. And, and no team has ever done that before in They're a about to pass the historically inept New Orleans defense from last year. From last year that gave up the most yards in NFL history. Okay. They're like, they don't even have to give up that many yards with two games to go in order to beat that record. Right. Well, Detroit's, or Detroit, Dallas's defense. I know you want to talk Detroit. Dallas's we will defense not. has been riddled with injuries. I'm not making excuses for them. They are bad. But let me let me run this scenario by you, Ray, and, okay. and, and see if you can still defend Tony Romo, okay? Absolutely. There is two minutes and 50 seconds left in the game Great. against Green Bay. Now, Green Bay started out. They were down 26-3. to They come back. Sure did. They're down five points, Ugh. right? They're down uh, five points. Tony Romo's got the ball in his hand. If he, he goes down and scores any points at all, he pretty much puts the game away. Well, they don't even need to score points. It is second down. It is second down. Two minutes and fifty seconds left. Go to all you got to do is get to the fifty and then punt it and punt them deep. Okay, well, it's, it's second down. Yeah, a run play is called. Great. Now there's an option if the run play seems like it's going to be stuffed to uh, to audible into a pass. A man, Tony Romo, could audible his way into a pass. However, in that situation, even if the run is going to get stuffed, doesn't it still serve the purpose yeah, the of the game is, managing that moment? We don't care if we get stuffed. We, what we want right there is on second down, you want Green Bay to have to use their last timeout, hopefully use enough time on that play so that it's under 2 minutes and 40 seconds, so that on third down, you run it all the way down to the 2-minute warning, then you punt... And Green Bay has no timeouts. No timeouts. Two minutes to go with Matt Flynn as your quarterback. Matt Flynn is your quarterback. Okay. And Eddie Lacy, I don't even think he played, did he? But what does Tony yeah. Romo do? Number one, he audibles into the pass. Okay. Oh, I feel this I pass can't, coming. I can't fault he's, that innately, okay? He's trying to win right there. But then here's what happens. It, the play gets blown up immediately. It's a, play, it's, a, it's a hot route where he has to throw it immediately. One yep. step and throw it. Yep. He takes one step, and Clay Matthews is in his face. So he takes about three more steps back, and while kind of not even looking at the play, just yeah. throws it. You almost just you almost pull the Brett Favre, Michael Strahan, so, set the record sack right there and just go down. So Tony Romo had the chance to, one, not audible out of the play. Correct. Two, audible out of the play, but then when it gets blown up, just fall down. Yep. Or three... Audible out of the uh, audible into the play, run around like he did, but actually look at the receiver and see that he's not co- he's covered now. It would help, but instead he throws the uh, interception right there at midfield, so, I believe. And number four, Ray, Peyton Manning. Can you imagine Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Alex Smith, any of those guys that are really smart quarterbacks? Okay. I'm sorry, who was that third one? Alex Smith. Okay, I'm just making sure you're crazy. I'm okay. talking about really smart quarterbacks that don't throw interceptions. Okay. Okay? Can you imagine any of them sitting there and blindly throwing that ball or doing anything other than running the ball on that play because they know, like you said, they have a historically bad defense. Mm-hmm. Are we going to put them in a position where we give them the ball at the 50-yard line the short field, yep. Or are we going to give them the chance to make the other team go 80 yards? Which might still happen, but at least you're playing the percentages at that point. Exactly. So this is why I say that the blame is all on Tony Romo. He had three chances to change it, and he did none of them. And here's the deal. Moment he did the to wrong moment, thing all three times. Moment to moment, you are correct. Tony Romo is going to lose you games. He's just going to. He's going to make some plays down the field, too, or people will make plays around him. Jason Witten, Des Bryant, what have you. 
That being said, yes, Tony Romo threw that game away. However, if his defense shores up and doesn't let them go down the field to score that touchdown to take the lead 37-36, we're not even having this conversation right now. If they force well, a turnover right. anywhere against Matt Flynn, the guy who went for what, 50 yards passing on Thanksgiving Day against my Lions? You're right. And the other guy I blame for this, uh, to, to a certain extent, the only reason I'm blaming Romo the most is because in that crucial moment, uh, somebody's going to be made a hero or somebody is going to be made a goat in that <laughs> crucial moment. And he was made a goat once again. Okay. Once now, the again. other, the other, <laughs> the other, you know, series of ineptitude calls was just by Jason Garrett, just in general. Letting DeMarco, Tony Romo play quarterback DeMar- on that last drive. DeMarco Murray oh. in the first half of the game. Averaged seven and a half yards per carry. He had a huge game rushing the ball. Mm -hmm. So that's why you definitely, when you're up by 20-some points, should only rush it seven times in the second half, right, Ray? When you're up 26 to three, you're not trying to pad, you know, you're trying to pad your lead. You're not trying to run the clock out when you have a historically bad defense. So when you've got a historically bad defense, you know, if you're, if you have any brains in your head at all as a head coach, you know that I need to shorten this game because my defense is not going to hold up. But here's what we're saying. Every single one of these arguments happens around the historically bad defense. The defense is horrific. They are going to set the record for most right. yards allowed in a season. If they, run, they give up 40 points like it's popcorn. If they run the ball in the second half, they don't get the ball as many times. Every other time, they could have run six minutes off the clock and then those two interceptions under the five-minute mark that Tony Romo made wouldn't matter. Don't happen. Yep, they didn't have historically bad defense last year. Yeah, the Saints did, right? And this year, the Saints have a top ten defense, and the Dallas Cowboys have a historically bad defense. Mm-hmm. Do you think Rob Ryan should have been run out of town to the open arms of Drew Brees and all of them down there oh, in no. New Orleans? I, I think Rob Ryan has done a fine job. I mean, he's been absolutely great. What is Jerry Jones doing? Getting rid of the only guy, apparently, who can make that defense not suck. Jerry apparently, Jones. that's what Rob Ryan can do. He can take crap defenses and make them pretty darn good. Yeah, I'm getting sick of seeing Jerry Jones do these press conferences after the after the game, too. I mean, you're the owner. Nobody wants to talk to you. Why do you, why do you have Everyone these, wants to talk these, to him. You've got the huddled masses around you. They're yearning to be free. You're not even at the, you're not even at the podium. You're standing out there like you're, uh, you know... Elgin Baylor in the middle of the, the, the being mobbed after a game, you got a hundred guys around you. Get over yourself. I'd like to see Jerry Jones do that, like from the beach, like three thousand miles away, sipping one of those mai tais with the umbrellas in it, to being like y'all's problem now. Mm-hmm. That was well, my Jerry Jones impression. And I it mean, was terrible. It all rolls downhill. Jerry Jones, terrible general manager, got rid of the defensive coordinator they had before, leads to a bad defense, uh, has Jason Garrett, but doesn't allow Jason Garrett to do his job, and then Jason Garrett. I don't know why he only runs the ball seven times in the second half. Wow, it's just frustrating. I mean, not that I, I, I think say that it's the, frustrating. I think it's hilarious. Well, because I'm not much of a Cowboys. It's frustrating fan. as a person with a brain watching it. You know, it's like somebody trying to figure out a puzzle, and you're like, that is not a, that that puzzle is not an edge piece. Why are you putting it on the edge? Why are you shoving that square peg in that exactly. round hole? Yes. But let's let's flip the script a sec here and talk mm-hmm. about. We have to actually do a little congratulations. They clinched a playoff berth. Oh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Your Kansas City Chiefs. Man. Talk to me about this team. They're 11 and 3 right now. Jamal Charles. They're is set in the five. A year. And I could make an argument. I know he's not going to win the MVP. No, he will not. But he's got. Peyton Manning will win the MVP. He will be in the MVP. And, you know, I can't, I can't really argue Correctly. that. But in a different year. Wow. Uh, 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns with two games left. 
is close to you know an MVP. Not to season. mention all the passing yards he's. Are yeah. you talking about 1,800 overall 1800 yards? Overall okay, yards. Okay, I was going to say not rushing. Yeah. He leads. He leads the team in rushing and receiving. <laughs> well, Dwayne Bowe's having a crap year. Well, he's Dwayne Bowe. He hasn't been terrible the last month, and I think Fair. a lot of that was him building up some rapport with Alex Smith. And you know, really, the I think the best game that Kansas City had all year was that first game in Denver when they realized we're going to have to score points to win games. And their offense, and they, you know, they haven't won all their games since then, but their offense has at least shown now that they're going to be able to score points where wherever they go. Hey, and and you just got to give it up to them. They're not getting the one. In any other year, I, they yeah, could I mean, have. I would love to make They're an argument. Going to. I would love to make an argument that Denver is somehow going to lose at Houston this week or, <laughs> or at Oakland the last <laughs> week. <weeks. laughs> I've seen those two teams, you know, uh, up close and personal, and I just I feel like that there's less than a one percent chance. Let me that ask that you a question about the yes. Chiefs uh, that Skip Bayless asked a few weeks ago: Will they win another game this year? <laughs> Skip Bayless. You want to know why his opinion is worthless? Yeah. That soulless, soulless poor dude just says things to get people riled up on the social medias. There's no heart or soul behind any of it whatsoever. But remember, he's always right. Right. Because if he's wrong, he won't talk about it anymore. He won't want to talk about it anymore. That's right. Yeah, it's interesting. How's that Tebow doing? Oh. But, I, you know, I think the Chiefs now are, 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 I feel a lot better about their chances of beating someone in the playoffs now than I did before they played Denver. Especially if they end up playing the four-seed Colts. Yeah, that's a that's a real chance. That's indoors. Don't got to worry about the weather. And do you know who Kansas City plays this week? Who's that? Possible preview of the playoffs. The Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts. Colts. Great game. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Uh, but you know what? The playoffs are are, are rounding up. And well, before we talk about, uh, I'm sorry. Before we talk about teams that are going to be in the playoffs, we have to talk about the Detroit Lions. Uh, Let's talk about teams that aren't probably going to be in the playoffs first. Hold on, let me check. David's giving me the high sign. Looks like looks like we have to wrap up. In fact, the show's over, everybody. It's good night. You're gonna have to oh, try No, 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 the show is not. No, the show's over. David just gave me the high sign. Oh, wait. Oh, he actually didn't move at all. I imagined that. Oh, but wait, no. Oh, I see the sign now. So, oh, good night, everybody. You're gonna have to drag wait, me no, that, we are, no, we are not ending the show. You're not getting off the You're gonna have easily. to drag me out of here, everybody. Yeah. Good night. Uh, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. We okay. we we don't have to. Oh man. Uh, um. Ray. <laughs> okay. So long story short, I'll I'll start it out because I know this is painful for you. This is not good. And I don't love that it's painful for you. I really love it. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a crazy game, Ray, because I kept thinking. I kept thinking Detroit's just going to win this at the end. Baltimore's not scoring any touchdowns. Detroit's going to win at the end, right? Isn't that kind of what you thought was going to happen in that game? Did oh, you get I that? look at the clock on the wall, and it looks like we're out of here, everybody. See ya. You're gonna have to drag me out. Not ending the show. David we, Noel, we, if you start playing drag me out and chains again, I'm going to punch <laughs> you in the face. Can we? We don't. Okay, here's the deal, and let me just let you know here. I have been a part of Detroit Lions since I was young. I will say that I didn't really become a big fan. I would say I was a little bit I was about 10 years old when I really started being aware of football in the late 80s. And a gentleman by the name of Barry Sanders came to town after winning the Heisman from Oklahoma State. And I was just starting to become aware of this football thing. You know, I knew the 86 Giants and all that. And it wasn't until that time that I started getting involved with it. And let me tell you. Since I was 10 years old, watching Detroit Lions now for almost three decades, 
I perhaps have not been part of a more painful game than this past Monday night football game against the Baltimore Ravens where every single star was aligned for our team to win out with three dome games Two, the Super Bowl champions, sure, but the Ravens were one and five on the road going into that game. And then a terrible Giants team at home, a bad Minnesota team on the road that we'd already beaten this year. With the destiny of the playoffs, the first division title in 20 years in our hands. And we poop all over the bed. Poop all over the bed. We take the opening drive 80 some odd yards for a Reggie Bush 14 yard touchdown. And I go, we have this. The game team over. of destiny. This is our game to win. But of course, these are your Detroit Lions. The unmistakable ability to have one of the top five most talented teams in the entire NFL. And they can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory anytime they feel like it. I... I have no words, Ray. Um, so why don't I? Wh- here's what I would like to do. <clears throat> I mean, and we haven't talked about the specifics of the game, but basically, Detroit's defense played great. They, held, they were incredible. They held Baltimore to no touchdowns the whole game. Not a single touchdown right? sc- scoring drive. Yeah, only six field goals. And the last field goal, you know, D- Detroit takes the lead with what? Two minutes left in the game. It's about two and a half to go. Joseph Fourier. And the funny part was I turned to everybody in the room after they scored that touchdown. I go, they're going to go for two. I guarantee you they don't get it. Mm-hmm. I've seen this team for almost 30 years. They And, of course, boop, terrible, not even a good play call. Everything collapses, and the team is up 16 to 15, which so this leaves Baltimore, still feeling okay. Leaves Baltimore open to have a two-minute drive and win the game with a field goal. Potentially. And then Baltimore gets down to the 44-yard line, and what mm-hmm. are you thinking? What are you thinking, Ray? I'm thinking they're going to go for it on fourth down. It's fourth and seven. Oh, my gosh, everything hinges on this play. A crazy person would try a 61-yard field goal here. And then, so clearly with our defense playing the way they have, especially on third and fourth down all day in these long situations, with the exception of the third and 15 on that drive previous, right? when they, when they hit, I believe, Jones. Mm-hmm for 21 yards or what have you to continue the drive. That was the killer right there. Yeah. But we shut him down on third and seven. It's now fourth and seven. I'm sorry, third and ten. They rushed the ball up the middle seemingly inexplicably to me. Okay, so now you it's see... fourth the, and seven. You see the field goal kicker coming on coming onto the field. Do you still not think he's going to kick it? You think they're trying to draw them off sides? Or do, you think, or do you think he's kicking it? My first thought was, I think they might be trying to, one, make us use some of our timeouts. In case you know something crazy happens, maybe they're maybe they'll try to make us ice the kicker, which maybe we should have because we didn't. And Jim Schwartz loves to do that. I really thought they were trying to coax an offsides penalty and maybe go for a more plausible fifty-six yard field goal to win the game because mm-hmm. we do have an aggressive front front four. They'll do it. So, so <laughs> did uh, not think they were just going to just line up and kick it. So since Jim Schwartz did not call timeout right there, what do you think he's thinking? He, you think he's thinking, "Now nah, we got this. I don't need to call timeout." Yeah. Okay. How many times do people hit 61-yard field goals? Well, last week someone hit a 64-yarder. Was that a mile above sea level? But it was outdoors, and this is indoors in a dome. That's fair, but generally speaking, the elements are not in your favor for kicking a 61-yard field sure. goal anywhere but Denver. Here's the deal. Justin Tucker has a, a huge leg. And we all know that now. And he almost missed his last two field goals. They both just barely crept in. He has a knack of just keeping the ball right inside the upright. You ask uh, ask ask Nebraska in the uh, big last Big Twelve championship game there, and how uh, Justin Tucker can sneak balls just inside the upright. He'll tell you. 
Um, okay, so leading up to the kick, which we now know that Baltimore made the 61-yard kick. Amazing. Unbelievably. Um, what what were your odds? What odds would you have thought on him making the field goal? What percentage? I would say 2%. 2% that he's going to make the field goal. I'll give him a 2% chance to yeah. make that field goal. Like I, No part of me actually thought it was going through. And then after it went through... I literally, I was standing up in my kitchen watching from across the room, and I just slumped over, and in my head I go, of course he freaking makes it. Of course he hits the 61-yarder. Okay. But even then, we still have 40 seconds and all three timeouts to go. Yeah. Well, I, I can see that. Let's get off this topic because I can see that it's upsetting you, Ray. Although it was a crazy game Monday night, we had to talk about it. And you know, now the Detroit Lions do not control their own destiny, even though... As you know, I always say destiny is what happens to you. You don't, you know, you don't control it. It's what happens to you. Anyway, that's very Calvinist they, of you, Brent. They they can't they cannot win out and necessarily be in the playoffs. Nope. Okay. They're if in, both Green Bay and Chicago both win in Week 16, we are officially eliminated from the playoffs, the playoffs. because they play each other Week 17, and they're now both a game ahead of us. Right. We are rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who can absolutely go to Green Bay and beat that team. It's possible. We are rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles now, who absolutely can stay home and beat the Chicago Bears. I think that's your more likely scenario. I think Philly can beat Chicago this weekend. And here's all we need. I think, because it's in Chicago the final week of the season, Mm -hmm. I think Chicago will beat Green Bay in that game. I think so, Whether or not Aaron Rodgers plays. Right. Okay? And he probably will, right, if that season is on the line right right there. I absolutely think Chicago can and will lose to Philadelphia. They're saying there's a chance, but how do I know we're not going to blow it? Here's the scenario I'm expecting. You need right? to win out anyway. Yeah. How do I know we're not going to blow one of these last two games? We just, we've blown games we should have been winning all season long. Right. Well, <clears throat> and I want to throw a baby. <laughs> I literally, I swear to God, I took my Christmas tree and I threw it right out the window. <laughs> I took every single one of our presents and threw them out into the street. And then I took the TV, smashed it across my knee, Bo Jackson baseball bat style, and threw that out the window on top of it. That's crazy because when I left your place after watching the game, I went outside and got a free Garmin uh, GPS that was wrapped in a box that said Ray on it. Get a, get a, get a, get a Garmin. Get a, get a, get a, get a Garmin. I've never been more disappointedly disgusted at the end of a game. I tweeted after that game, boo them the off the field. I, I was gonna I was gonna mention that if you didn't mention it, Ray. I was yeah. like, wow. They booed heavily. Because of course Matt Stafford throws an interception on the first play of the potential winning drive. Oh, such a bad and pass. And the game too. is over. Such a bad Terrible pass. pass. Yeah. Terrible decision. He normally clutch can't could not get it done in that moment. Yeah, I think he's probably the second most clutch quarterback in the fourth quarter, wouldn't you say, Ray? A uh, third. Andrew Luck would be the oh, second okay. after Tony okay. Romo. I mean, he's very similar to Tony Romo. Um, okay, let's play a fun game now, Ray. All right. Oh, I thought the segment was over, David. Can no, you give no, me a no. can you give no. me a high sign, no, please? No, no, no. We, we're it's gonna, worth Brent punching you, Ray. I'm going to play this fun game to take your mind off of the, the loss. Oh, I'm sure this game's going to be hilarious. Yeah, it's going to be great. Okay. Here's things. Here are things. Uh, I'm going to give you a bunch of things that I either did or did not see on TV or hear on the radio, and you tell me which ones, which one of them is not true, okay? And you tell me which one is not true. So you can wait. So you're going to give me three statements, two of which you actually heard on the radio or TV, and one of them you made up. I'm going to give you five statements. Five statements. One of them's not true. Well, they're all probably not true, but uh, one which of them one is not said. Not actually said. Great. Okay. Oh my! When you watch first take, so guaranteed these are going to be stupid. 
And if you... And nonsensical, and I'm going to throw something at you. Okay. Well, Is there a TV in here? Can I get, okay, good. I can that's pick a that humongous up. TV. I don't know if you can lift it. That thing weighs like 80 pounds. I will find Detroit Lions Rage inside me and okay. pick it up and throw it. Dun, dun, dun. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. All right. Number one. Yeah, number one. I'm going to read them all, and then you tell oh me which one's God. my favorite. All right, one. let's do it. Did the Lions prove they are who we thought they were? <laughs> what, Dennis Green the Dennis, that Yeah. One? Yeah, oh, did the Lions God. prove they All are right. who we thought they were? That's okay. number one. Number two is, should we call them the Detroit Cowboys or the Dallas Lions? See, I know that dummy, dumb, dumb Skip Bayless said that one, so that's definitely not the wrong one. Okay. Okay, number three. Uh, who's less? Cl- who would you less want to have in the fourth quarter? Tony Romo? Or Matt Stafford. That is just, that is so, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. No, keep going. These are great. Okay. I'm really enjoying this, Brent. Number four, newspaper headline. Kick to the gut. That assuredly was the Detroit Free Press. <laughs> <laughs> I know okay. I know my hometown paper. Okay. Yeah, okay. And number five, Matt Elam's game-clinching interception showed the world that Calvin Johnson is too old. Oh, man. And also his drops are a sign that he's old. That's pretty wordy, so it might not be that. I'm actually going to say that number one is the lie. Uh, no, the Matt Elam one's the one. The that last I'm, one was the. It yeah. was too wordy to that's be a true one, headline. That's the one that I made up myself. Yeah, that's uh, why you're. That's why you're here and not working yeah. for a major newspaper or print organization. Well, but you didn't guess which one it was. Uh, that's being said, I probably thought it was five, but I just didn't want to believe anybody would. Who said number one? Uh, I don't remember. It was somebody on ESPN. Some dummy. Yeah. I said it. You're a dummy if you said that, unless your name is Dennis Green, in which case would you like to come coach our team next year? Here's the deal, right? Here's the question. Here's, the, here's, the, here's, here's what I think Detroit Lions fans – I mean, this is why I think Detroit Lions fans are a little fickle, okay? Fickle? Last week. We're still here after 0-16. What do you mean fickle? Last week, the Detroit Lions fans – not even fans, Luke Fickle. Last week, the Detroit Lions fans were cursing – Oh, if we just didn't have to play outside in the snow, Correct. if we could play a real football game in real the real type of weather, we could win the game. We should have won that game. And now, after this game, all the all the Lions fans are like, well, if we just played out in the snow, you wouldn't be able to make a 61-yard field goal. Nobody is saying that. Anybody oh, who's yeah! saying that is also a big dummy, dumb, dumb head. <laughs> that is so stupid. No, here's the deal, and this is the part that I think wrenches me the hardest about this game. Yes, there were some terrible calls against us. There was the Louis Delmas helmet-to-helmet. That it was that a, I think was a good call. But the, uh, but the guy who was closest <laughs> to it didn't call it. It was the guy with his way down on the other side of the field who you know only saw the backs of the players who actually threw the flag. The guy who was right there looking at it did not throw the flag. So, I mean, if that guy didn't throw the flag, I don't think the back judge should have thrown the flag regardless of what the, 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 the truth of the matter was. That being said... Also, the Chris Durham now that's getting the, his arm bar that's held. The really bad. One. Brett the Hitman Hart thought that that was deeply <laughs> hardcore of him to do. Okay, Hulk Hogan. He, he basically had his arm. Thought pinned, he should have back raked him instead. Had his arm pinned to his body. So grabbed his wrist and wouldn't let it go. Yeah. And that didn't get called, and I'm dying just being like, what does a man have to do? And the crazy part to this is, as you know, I believe very strongly the Detroit Lions will never, ever get a fair shake from the referees. They will not call stuff against our opponents. They'll call BS against us. It happens week in and week out. We have to fight through the refereeing. We don't get breaks. The first half of the season, we actually got stuff called in us that doesn't normally get called. Hey, we start winning games. Now they start to rip the games away from us, and that's not even the excuse 
excuse I'm using for why we lost. We lost because the Baltimore Ravens came out and freaking beat us. We beat ourselves a lot of the time as well. We did not deserve 61-yard field goal aside. We probably could have and should have won that game, but at the end, we did not deserve to win that game, and that's what chaps me the worst about this is on the golden stage, Monday Night Football, national audience, Everything, everything on the line to show the world the Lions have arrived. We are here. You should take us seriously. <sighs> Price is right tuba music. Crap the freaking bed. And the most disappointing part is we didn't deserve to win that game. And that's the unfortunate reality I have to look at. So let's play the blame game. Who's most to blame? Because I have my idea who, about who's most to blame for this game. Who's most to blame for this for game? Losing this game. Uh, the coaching staff. Coaching staff. Unfortunately, and I've been a fan of the coaching staff. I like and Gunther Cunningham did a great job. I mean, what are you going to say? Uh, that was fantastic. I think that the Scott Linehan offense, well, can be very, very potent at times. Can get also very stale at times for right in the middle of the game. And the, when we could be padding leads or putting up points at will, we're not inexplicably. And, and I've been a Jim Schwartz guy forever. I think Jim Schwartz has done a great job. Take, literally took over for the 0-16 team, got them into the playoffs three years later, and here was uh, the freaking virgin might still yet win the NFC North for the first time in 20 years. It's hard to say. It's, it's bad right there. But at a certain point when I really do believe this team, top five in talent – can't freaking win some of these games. Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia in the snow is an aberration, but this game against a 1-5 on the road Baltimore team, you can't win any of those games? It's disgusting. And and maybe if they don't make the playoffs this year, I need to get off the Jim Schwartz bandwagon. We need to get somebody else in town who can just just change the culture or something. I don't know. Um, That's interesting. And I was a little... I know that the game was pretty much over after after Stafford threw the interception, but I still think I still call the timeouts at the end of the game. I still use those timeouts because what if they fumble the ball? You know, it's it's possible, but I mean, victory are, formation look, is that for a reason. This game, this game has already had a sixty-one yard field goal. I saw the Kansas City Chiefs once playing San Diego, and San Diego was was down at the three yard line. Yep, and they they were going to center it in the middle of the field to kick the winning field goal. And Philip Rivers fumbled it, and the Chiefs recovered it, and the game was over. It was. I, there's just there's nothing to say, and I think we may have actually used one of our timeouts before that. Maybe I don't know. But you still had two timeouts. But that's not enough when there's less than forty seconds. Yeah, to but go. it gives you two snaps that could possibly be fumbled. I guess at that point, and all then the you do the Greg Schiano and just take everyone's knees out. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> Greg Schiano. Well, anyway, I don't blame the coaching staff as much. I mean, well, I do a little bit, and the reason I would blame the coaching staff is where was Reggie Bush? In the second half. On that first drive, he was running. All over the he place. He was catching passes. He should be heavily yeah, you gotta, involved the whole game. And you got to put some of it on Calvin, I mean, too. He had two 20-yard drops right on his hands, uncontested, twice in the first half. Both of them complete drive killers. And I'm glad you mentioned There's that. There's more points we didn't, we didn't get. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think I give the bulk of this loss to Calvin Johnson. And for this one reason. He's paid to make big plays. Sure is. In the first quarter, you're up 7 nothing. He dropped a pass where he might have scored a touchdown. He might have scored on that first drop that he had. He was going to get within, uh, inside the five-yard line. Yep. He catches that, and they're up 14 nothing. Game yep. over, eh? Yep. Game over. We bury him at that point. He that's drops 100% it, true. Lead Baltimore in the game, and then, you know, that's the most crucial play in the game to me. Because you had a chance to just run away and say, no, nope, not your night. Sorry, Baltimore. 
Uh, you still have your trophy from last year. We want this more than you. Right. And we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can say. Well, Ray, I, I mean, it was just a sad game to watch. I'm not a Lions fan, but I was like, oh, man, Ray's got to be just like. Oh, it was devastating. I'm not going to lie. Why even sugarcoat it or fake it? I yeah. could be here and be like, it's no big deal. No, yeah. it sucked. Yeah. I almost just used rude words right there. It was terrible. Right. I was watching the game with Bears fans who had every single reason to root against the Lions, right? At my, yeah. at my apartment watching that game. On the way out, they're just looking at me and they just go, I'll be honest with you. I feel horrible for your team right now, and I'm supposed to be happy that you lost, and I just feel empty inside after watching that. And 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 it helps me and my team make the playoffs and potentially on a Super Bowl run, and I, I take no joy in what I just saw at all. Yeah. And that says it all right there. But I seriously, I don't think I can talk about this anymore. I think I might pick up things and start flipping tables and um, kicking holes in walls. I, I think that's worth it. Let's keep doing it then. Instead, let's talk a little NBA after three seconds of The Beatles. And there are way, way... Hey, welcome back to Raisin Brent. There are way better things we can talk about than NFL this week. You know why? Why is that? Because your Detroit Pistons, a team, I'll be honest, haven't been paying that much attention to this year. They're projected slotted as the season started by us, maybe a four or five seed. Okay, not great. The Eastern Conference is kind of stinkoid, and this is a team that I think once their pieces kind of start gelling, might actually put together a decent team. Maurice Cheeks, good coach. But they went to Indianapolis, Indiana. They did. And they played the first place Indiana Pacers. And what happened, Brent? Well, you, it's your team. <sighs> They uh they beat the Pacers. Yeah, they did. Very impressively. Yeah. Hundred and one to ninety six on the road. It's impressive, but you know, just like uh, LeBron James always says when they play the Pacers, you know They're oh, soft. This is a Oh, I, I this assume that's what you uh, Yeah, it's a nice regular season game. We're not that worried about the regular season though. Oh man. That's pretty exciting. Although stuff. I <laughs> it was a... Uh, I was a little bummed because I was like, because oh. they just finished a game earlier today, didn't they? Against the Heat? Against the Miami Heat. That was a pretty big game. They got Joey Crawford did at the end of the game. You know, what that means. you know what that means, Ray? Phantom fouls? Phantom fouls and then like blatant fouls that don't get called. Good job, Joey Crawford. Joey, what do you, are you get trying yours. to... Get yours! Wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me that Tim Donahue may have actually been telling the truth when he was talking about cor- the corruption of the NBA officials and about yeah. how the games are slanted, especially for the, in favor I mean, of the I'm home team? I mean, I'm not saying that... The, Come I'm not, on, Brent. I'm not saying that... You're going to conspiracy me here? Because that's my job normally. Yeah, I'm not saying that the <laughs> NFL, NBA uh, officials are, you know... Not fair to, to the road team, but, you know, Roy Hibbert got, got off the bus and already had three fouls. Well, you know, getting off the bus is a foul in the yeah. NBA. Yeah, And then, you know, n- when, when, you know, you know it's, it's going to be a tough second half when Roy Hibbert, the be- one of the best interior defenders in the game, has five fouls with nine minutes left in the third quarter. Well, he probably earned every single one of those fouls. I'm sure the words ticky-tack could not be used anywhere to be seen. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> or maybe they could. Anyway, uh, Manu Ginobili thinks that game was fairly called, right? <laughs> uh, again, oh, it's always Joey Crawford. What are the odds? Why does he always seem to get the big assignments? Yeah, he seems to blow up every game he calls. It's so weird it's so that strange. they would keep putting him in that position. He loves having his name that's, called. That's so even weird. for bad reasons. Oh man, you where's where's the NBA head of officiating to say Joey Crawford maybe not the right guy for the biggest game of the year or? The one you taking the marching orders all the way from the top. Yeah. 
Is there any chance LeBron does not three-peat this year? I know we've already bet on it, but we have, maybe haven't bet. We've talked about it. I actually think that the Pacers are a better team because... I agree 100% that the Pacers are a better team than the Miami have, Heat And the reason year. they're better this year, I don't think they were a better team last year, uh, but I think they're a better team this it's year arguable. because one, you know, uh, Miami has Greg Oden now. <laughs> How old is that guy now? He's he's one hundred and seventy. No, he's still only like twenty six or something I, like I that. I actually have a theory about Greg Oden, and follow me now. Is it possible that Greg Oden is the original ghoul from Fallout? <laughs> he just looks terrible, and he's really like three hundred years old. Is it possible? That's why his knees are so bad, right? You wouldn't expect a ghoul to have nice knees. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, Greg Oden. Greg Oden. Uh, so, how old do you think Greg Oden is? Let me see how many guesses it takes <laughs> oh, you to guess how old man. he is. You already said tw- uh, uh, 170 was my original guess. He's 25. 25 years old. Oh. Yeah. Ohio State, everybody. Um, It'll age you doing that many drugs in Columbus. Yeah, hey, have, now, everybody. Have Greg Oden. That was kind of a joke, uh, but not really. And two, the Pacers bench is, is tough now. You know, you got Luis Scola coming off the bench. But also, the Pacers now have the experience of having been there on the stage before. And yeah. yes, they fell through. But in the NBA especially, teams don't just come from nowhere and then go the distance. They and they tend to earn their, you know, they tend to go up the ladder, up the right. ladder, until they eventually dead drop fall. That's the NBA as I know it, unless your team has LeBron James on it. And the Miami Heat has been, or Kobe Bryant. Has been acting very smug. They keep saying, oh yeah, well, this is just another regular season game. Uh, oh, Wayne yeah. Wade before the game, yeah. he said, um, "We don't trash talk, so I don't understand." Yeah, they don't trash talk. I don't know if you know that about the Heat. Oh yeah, they don't That's trash talk. All they do is trash all. talk. What? what? Are you talking about? Kevin uh, Garnett thinks yeah. that that team okay trash talks. A little so bit. we all saw through the facade of that when, in the middle of the game, when the Pacers went on a run, they're up by fifteen. I mean that's pretty good. How could you lose a game if you're LeBron up by fifteen? LeBron James almost got in a fist fight with with Mario, <laughs> with Mario right? Thomas yeah. on the bench. <laughs> oh my gracious! Okay, yeah, I guess it doesn't mean that much to you guys. It hmm. must not be important if you're getting that heated on the yeah. sidelines. Interesting. Okay, nice try, guys. Ugh. Anyway, but at the end, the better team won. I think we can agree. <laughs> well, Miami won by three points at home after having Hibbert out half the game. So you take what you want from that. I take that the Pacers should have not been up 15. They should have been up 19. They probably should have. And therefore, they did not put them away. Yeah, Didn't do it. And Joey Crawford, I think we can agree, ref of the year. <laughs> He's Never awful. a suspect decision on Joey Crawford ever. Uh, like when he decade. when he ejected Tim Duncan for laughing when, while sitting on the bench, not even playing in the game or being anywhere near him, justified. Yeah, that Timothy Oliphant just, says that's justified. He just needs, I don't understand why, 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 why we can't get rid of these bad referees. You you know the you know my answer. Oh, I know the answer is then there'd be no referees left. We got all the rid of the bad ones. If we get rid of the bad referees, we might start getting fairly called games. Oh well, we don't want that. And we don't want that. We want intrigue. Remember, because if people are complaining about the refs, they're talking about the NBA. Do 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 do. It's gonna be really interesting, Ray, to see what happens in the West when we get you know one of the best teams in there the Portland Trailblazers, and see if they get any calls in the playoffs. Oh, they're going to get zero calls. Yeah. They might lose in the first round. I'll put it out there right now. Because this is, a, especially if they end up playing a team like Golden State, a team that has a marketable Steph Curry. Right. Uh, there's a very real chance. Although, I'll be say this right now. Playing in Portland is really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. It's also really hard to say into a microphone without ruining your recording. Right. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
following a dynamic three seconds of Elvis Presley. Christmas. That's pretty much going to wrap up this highly emotional and jam-packed episode of Raisin Brands. But before we go and give you our contact information, I got to talk about the Hollywood fantasy. Fantasy player of the week. Fantasy. Well, first off, our fantasy league that me and Brent are both in. Yeah. I can't help but notice. uh, What? what, uh, There's 12 people in this league. I finished with the second best record. How many? What was your? Uh, I don't remember what my record was. I just know when I played you, I beat you. Oh, okay, cool. Well, the fact that you finished, I believe, 11. Head to head, baby! Uh, maybe even 12th in the league. I Worst did not. I finished team. like 9th. Oh. Did it make yeah. the playoffs? No. So that's all that matters. I, in, in my heart, you were last place. Well, I, How about that? I'm really sad that I lost $0 in your league. But let's talk about really quick. <laughs> it's about pride. It's about pride and excellence. Oh, well, see? I should not be in your league. I have none. And this past week, of course, was our fantasy first round of the playoffs. I had the misfortune... <laughs> of playing against a certain player for the Kansas City Chiefs named Jamal Charles who went for what 195 yards receiving and five touchdowns oh my goodness amassing a grand total of in our league is it's not a PPR 51 points in our league and I'm still in the Super Bowl ladies wow. and gentlemen because my opponent had two players on his starting lineup go for zero and I won my suicide pool this week, Ray. Oh, well, you won money for that, and I congratulate I did. you. Yeah, I won that. suicide pool with the unlikely combination the of Atlanta I picked and I picked Atlanta, and he picked Philadelphia, who lost in Minnesota. Inexplicably, yeah, that was crazy, and I was happy about that too. That was pretty great until our game happened on Monday night, and it ruined my entire life. But that being said, I am at least no matter what happens to your Detroit Lions, even if the depression of the century kicks in, we fail to make the playoffs, fail to win the division. At least I have a chance to finally, for the first time ever, win my own fantasy football league. Wow. Well-deserved. I think all it took was Brent to be in the league to motivate me. I think you should win your league, too. I mean, Jamal Charles is on a roll. Yeah, he was insane. And literally... And you don't have to play him, so... I, I had Nick Foles, Deshaun McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, A.J. Green, uh, a whole bunch of great players playing great. All those Eagles put up great numbers, even though they didn't win the game. And I'm saying to myself, going into the uh, evening games, well, as long as it's not like Jamal Charles is going to go for 50 points and turn this into a really close... <gasps> Oh, uh, my God. Cut to five minutes into the Kansas City Raiders game when Jamal Charles already has two receptions for 88 yards and two touchdowns. (laughs) His first one was like 70 yards. (laughs) I looked down. I looked down as my scorekeeper from work because I was at work at the time. I looked down. I'm just like, what the bleep is what the small? What the hell is going on? He looked like he was on Tecmo Bowl on this game. He looked like he was playing against children. It's like he if you look at his five touchdowns, Ray, he did not get touched <laughs> Any single one of them. Five touchdowns. He's playing. He's playing TV sports football. When you put in the the, I believe the blender mode, where your player couldn't even be touched. If, Everybody touched bounced off of him. If they were playing flag football, he still would have five still touchdowns. Scores every single touchdown. Is that true? And that being said, we overcame. Your circus liquor lions are in the Super Bowl. So congratulations to congrats, me. Congrats, Ray. And congrats to Brent for winning a bunch of money. Are you going to use that to take us to the Clipper game? Uh, no. Christmas Day? Come on now. I'm not here Christmas Day. Oh. I'm in Nebraska. Well, you can come back a day early to go to the Clippers game. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm doing that. Yeah. All right. It's on the record, everybody. So let's go ahead and do our things now. Hey, find us on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Give us five stars. Give us a glowing 
or non-glowing. I don't even care. Put words in the box. Give us a review with the five stars. We will read it on the air. We would love to do that. And now we have a new thing. We are on Stitcher Radio, everybody. As of the day of recording, we are now. So find us on Stitcher Radio. Search for The Raisin Brent Show. Get us a, it's on our uh, Facebook page. It's also on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Ray Brent Podcast. There's links to all of that and more. So go on there and check it out. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Almighty Ray. And I'm at Scoops Pope. And you can also tweet at the show at Ray Brent Podcast. Or even email us, Ray Brent Podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang for our intro. The train wrecks for about 92 times this show, me trying to get out of it. Yeah. Love that song. Thank David Knoll, our intrepid producer there in the booth. Got to thank, you, thank you know, Jordan Monsell. Jordan Monsell. Jordan Got to love it. Anybody you want to thank, Brent? Oh, I do want to thank. Uh, I have been in the in the holiday spirit, Ray. Oh, that's great. Me too. It's and almost Christmas time. I actually, I didn't know if you knew this. I went to. I was in Michigan this week. No. Yeah. And all right. Okay. Yeah. I uh, and I was there for a business thing. And uh, sure. I stopped, and I noticed that they were playing a Christmas Carol. Oh, at, that's awesome! Yeah, in Detroit. So I went like the play, or like just doing Christmas Carols. The play. The oh, play okay. Okay. Carol. okay. So I was like, I'll, I, I love a Christmas Carol. It's one of my favorite plays. And I went, and I was like, Are you kidding me? When I went, I opened the program. Matt Stafford was oh. in the a Christmas Carol. Are you serious? Right yeah, now? he was in it. Well, I was like, And what was he doing? I was like, Grant? Let me see if he can act. And he was, I gotta say, he was a good actor. I don't know if he did theater and stuff. He uh he played the ghost of Christmas fat. Seriously. Yeah. The I hate you so <laughs> Good night everybody. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. What you wanted And then you run and you flaunt it I've got something to Hey Ray, I got you a For Christmas I got you a, one of those Those fruitcake things Fruit? I hate fruitcakes Yeah No one likes fruitcakes Well I'll be offended if you don't eat it They're gross They got like the candied fruits mm. And they taste like friggin' cornmeal. Cornmeal. That's amazing. Cornmeal. Yeah. That's what it tastes like. Really? It tastes like cornmeal? I've never... <clears throat> they look so disgusting that I... You've never actually eaten one before? No, I just give them to other people. Well, you just hate people? Yeah, I don't like them.